Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host. So, are you a saint? Do you want to be a saint? Do your children want to be saints, if indeed you have children? Now, whenever I say that, probably the answers you may have given would be maybe like no, or well, I'm not sure, or I never thought about it that way, and so on. Whenever we hear the word saint in our culture, we get kind of squeamish. We think that it's something not really pertaining to us. When actually, it is the one word that pertains to us the most. And once again, through the geniusness of the liturgical tradition of the church, and in particular, the Eastern churches, we commemorate all the saints that ever existed. And we're going to include in that saints with a capital S, in other words, those who have been officially canonized and put on the calendar of the church, and those with a small s. You might wonder, what is a saint with a small s? But we'll get to that. The saint with a small s actually should be you. And that S should be growing. In other words, it's small S in process so that you can hopefully become big S saint. (laughs) Maybe we will not all achieve the big S, at least in this life, but we can start out and pursue during our whole life the small S. And it will grow. It will grow. Maybe not into a capital S saint. In other words, canonized by the church, but certainly a saint nonetheless. And what is a saint? A saint is simply a person who is most fully human. That's right. See, I want to make this word saint more familiar to you. I want it to be something that's more closer to home, more reachable for you. A saint is someone who is most fully human. Why would I say that? See, we think of saints as being something or somebody very extraordinary, like superhuman. Oftentimes when we try and we don't do so well at something, especially our behavior, we'll say, well, you know, I'm not a saint, but actually you are, or you're a saint in process, and so am I. We just have to realize that and embrace that and follow again the church's lead. That's why the church has these themes 
and these holy days and why we should attend them and be very observant and vigilant about them. Because they teach us, the church teaches us through these feast days and these themes, reality. How we're supposed to understand life, not only God, but life in God. A saint is a person who is most fully human because the human person was created by God to be a saint, to be saintly. Sainthood, holiness, is the normal course of human behavior. This is especially true in the theology of the Eastern churches because our starting point for the human person is very much rooted in Genesis where we see at the beginning that God made us in his image and likeness. And our life becomes really an ongoing growth into becoming more and more in God's image and likeness. In other words, more and more human more and more how he made us to be. And being human does not include our mistakes, our sins. It does only in comparison to God or the angels in heaven or all the beings in heaven, the dominations, principalities, the many-eyed seraphim and cherubim and so on, all those things we refer to as the heavenly bodies, God himself. Yes, in comparison to them, we can say, well, we're only human, we're not saints. But in comparison to the actual truth and identity of ourselves as human persons, we cannot say, oh, well, I'm not a saint. We have to be able to say that we are a saint in process, in the process of our own becoming saintly and therefore most human, most honestly human. So we are, in a sense, an imperfect model of God. It's just that our spiritual life is about growing towards that perfection. But it's not about becoming something that we're not. Like we're this person that just kind of schleps through life. Now we became a saint. Or that person became a saint. They had some great conversion or reversion. Yes, that can happen. That's part of the process. But what they're reverting or converting to, really, is the rediscovery of their authentic humanness. They're just simply behaving now in a way that's consistent with that. That's why they're now holy or deeper in their faith. They're growing in holiness, becoming saints. Many saints, of course, as we know, started out being, well, bad people or at least in the wrong direction. Like St. Paul, for example. St. Paul was very passionate about destroying Christianity, but he thought he was doing right because he was a very, very loyal Jew. Now, we would see him as being very evil, But God took his raw material, his zeal, and just turned it 180 degrees. Said, no, no, don't go against Christians, go towards Christians. That's how you become the most perfect Jew. Or in other words, a better word would be perfected Jews. So even people who had conversions or reversions were doing nothing more than reverting or rediscovering their original identity as a human person. Now, before going any further, and I, as I mentioned, saints with small s, I want to acknowledge, because that's what we do today in the Byzantine church, especially on this All Saints Day, we acknowledge saints and by name. Well, I want to stop here for a moment and acknowledge some of what I call the saints of the light of the East radio. These are people, and you're going to hear your names in a moment, so listen carefully. 
because I want to acknowledge you as the saints of light of the East. And you are saints because you have been very, very kind to us, very supportive of us. And that's a very holy thing to do. So we consider you to be saints of light of the East. So the world of light of the East, we are canonizing you as saints. (laughs) So here are your names, and I do mean to name them on this day of all saints. We want to thank them for their sainthood in our world of light of the East. Craig and Pat Wagner from Utica, Illinois. Maria Lopez. William Coffrin from Akron, Ohio. John Ryan, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Francis Zeglin, Euclid, Ohio. David Bohaila, who identified himself as an exiled Hungarian Greek Catholic in Arkansas. <laughs> Thank you, David, for your kindness. And we'll get back to this little identity that you presented to us about being an exiled Hungarian Greek Catholic. Maybe today, maybe on another program. Okay, other saints. Constantino Santos from Atascadero, California. Brian Branchick from Westmont, Illinois. Barbara Van Aslan. Eddie Mulyono, Bolislaw Baca, Corey Mulligan from Amarillo, Texas, Gregory Chura, Fairfield, Ohio, Matthew McGonigal from Cincinnati, Ohio, Vivian Freeland, and Abel Covarubias. Now, I didn't include all the saints, but these are particular saints that we have heard from recently. And again, I proudly and very appropriately on this day mention your names on Light of the East, because you are, in our eyes, part of the saints of this world of Light of the East Radio. Again, we can't thank you enough for your saintliness towards us, your kindness. Speaking of mentioning saints, we do mention the saints in the Byzantine Church often in our liturgy and even today in the liturgical services. And we mention oftentimes by name the saints, but also in terms of classes of saints, the classifications. There are classifications of saints. There is actually a hierarchy of saints. One of the places we do that is in the rite of preparation of the gifts that happens before the celebration of the Eucharistic liturgy, the divine liturgy in many Eastern churches. And what we do is, during the process of this this ritual of preparation, the priest takes from the other particles a piece that he cuts into the shape of a triangle that represents the mother of God. And he puts that to the left, as you're looking at the discos, to the left of the host, the main piece of bread that will become the body of Christ. To the right, he places nine particles in three rows of three. And as he does this, he mentions the mother of God first, and then he mentions the honorable and heavenly angelic powers. That's the first tier, the first piece of bread. Second one is the honorable and glorious prophet, forerunner of Baptist John, and all the holy prophets. Then the holy glorious and illustrious apostles, Peter and Paul, and all the other holy apostles. See how we name some saints, but we also then name the category, because we can't name every one by name. We'd be around all day, of course, doing that. Then our Holy Fathers, the Hierarchs, Basil the Great, Gregory the Theologian, John Chrysostom, Athanasius and Cyril, St. Nicholas of Myra, Teachers of the Slavs, Cyril Methodius, Holy Bishop Martyr Josephat, and all the Hierarchs. When we come back, we'll continue with our hierarchy of saints used in the rite of preparation before the Byzantine liturgy. I am Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Every day, Father Loya posts a brief two-minute Facebook video on the Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish homepage. 
You'll be amazed at what you can learn just by watching. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. Light of the East would like you to know that July is the month we honor the precious blood of Jesus, falling right between June's devotion to the Sacred Heart and August's devotion to the Immaculate Heart. July is an ideal time to connect our devotion to Jesus and Mary, as well as to heighten our connection to the blood of the Lamb of God. I'm Loretta Freilich of the Catholic Charismatic Renewal of Chicago and Pentecost Today, and you are listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. You are listening to the Choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the Sacred Liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. Order online at ByzantineCatholic.com. All we ask is a donation of $20 or more, which includes shipping and handling to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you Welcome back to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Loyal, your host. We're talking about saints and including you, the listener, in with that because you are. Small s saint in process. Imagine that s growing towards becoming a capital S because capital S saint means you were canonized, declared such by the church. So we are saints. We are in process. And as I mentioned, we do mention saints all the time and in different classifications in the Byzantine liturgy. We were going through the classifications of saints named in the rite of preparation, where the priest cuts up into particles the bread that we consecrated at the liturgy. In addition to the other ones we mentioned, there is also a particle for the Holy Apostle, First Martyr, Archdeacon Stephen, the Holy Great Martyrs, Demetrius, George, Theodore, and all the Holy Martyrs. Again, notice the pattern. Some are named, and then we just mention the category, so we include all of them. Then the other category is our Venerable Garbaric Fathers, Anthony, Euthemius, etc. Then charitable wonder workers like Cosmos and Damien. Then the holy and just ancestors of Christ, Joachim and Anne. And then we say, in memory of the saint of the day, we put a particle on the discourse for that saint of the day or saints. Then, after that, we move down lower beneath those particles, and we start two other rows of particles on the discos. And again, this is all part of the rite of preparation in the Byzantine liturgy. The first row is for those who are among the living, and those include, first and foremost, our bishops and the pope. 
Then it's other people whom we want to remember that day, family members, whoever the liturgy may be intended for, our own personal intentions. That's a neat thing about being a priest. I get to have an in on that because as I'm celebrating that rite of preparation, I get to put particles on the chalice to commemorate people I want to pray for. (laughs) I also do it for all of you as well, but you have to bring those intentions to me. But the church ultimately prays for everyone. So God knows what's in our heart, and the church does the best to represent all of our intentions. The second row, and again, this row means a row that's horizontal. The other rows were vertical. Three rows that were basically vertical. Those were the saints, the stratification of saints. These two rows have to do with living and deceased people on earth who are still in the process of becoming saints. So then we have in the second row the commemoration of the deceased those that we're offering the liturgy for, those whom we remember from home families and so on. And so before the liturgy even begins, we are already saint-minded in the Eastern churches to the point of naming names and naming categories. And there is a hierarchy of saints that we might think to ourselves, especially in the way we think in our modern Western society today, especially with all types of political correctness and so on, we sometimes feel a little funny about speaking in hierarchy, like this is higher than that or greater than that. That's not how it works with God. That's really not how it works in life either, reality. Think of the stars in the sky. Some stars are more prominent. Some are large. Some we know about. Some we don't know about, don't even see. Some are further away. Some are closer. Some are brighter. Some are not as bright. But a star that is smaller, not as bright, as a bigger star or star that's closer is not any less important. In fact, the fact that it is less bright than another star actually contributes to the mutual beauty of both. Because what makes it beautiful, makes a starry sky beautiful, is the contrast, the different depths of stars. Stars that are very close and bright and prominent, and stars that are, seem to be midway, and stars that are very far away. But all that gives a sense of an incredible dimension that even goes beyond dimension. It's like the sky has dimension, and yet it's dimensionlessness. And that's all because the stars are different. There's a hierarchy to the stars, at least as we see them. Well, it's the same thing in the church. The hierarchy of saints highlights the different dimensions of God, the different revelations of God. So there's no shame, there's no inequality or unfairness in saying that this level of saints is actually higher than this one. They all contribute to that beautiful family of saints, all of which have their own particular role in God's plan, in that beautiful starry sky of saints in heaven. Another area in the liturgy in which we mention saints is during the anaphora, which Latin Rite Catholics understand is the Eucharistic prayer. After the priest calls down onto the gifts the Holy Spirit, and in the Eastern Church, that happens after the consecration. In the Western churches, the Latin rite, it happens before the consecration. The timing doesn't really matter that much, especially in the Eucharist, because the Eucharist exceeds time. It spans past, present, and future. So we have some awareness of time and order liturgy, but at the same time, it's also timeless. So the Eastern churches put the epiclesis, in other words, calling down the Holy Spirit upon the gifts, after the words of consecration. And the calling down of the Holy Spirit upon the gifts actually has two dimensions to it. The priest calls the Holy Spirit down first upon ourselves. Yes, upon ourselves, and then upon the gifts. 
Because the whole point of the Eucharist is our divinization, our transformation, our process of becoming small as saints to large as saints, our process of holiness, of divinization, theosis. So the liturgy is there to change us. And the changing of the bread and wine is part of that process. That's a means to the end. The end is our transformation. So the priest first mentions us, calls the Holy Spirit down to change us, and then to change the bread and the wine. And after he does so, he then says this, Moreover, we offer this spiritual sacrifice for those departed in faith, the forefathers, evangelists, martyrs, confessors, ascetics, and for every just spirit brought to perfection in faith. Did that sound familiar? It's some of the categories in that rite of preparation we just spoke about a few moments ago. And then the priest says, especially for our most holy, most pure, most blessed and glorious lady, the Theotokos and ever-Virgin Mary. So you see, the mother of God exceeds all saints. She exceeds all angels even. That's why we sing this to her, right? After those words the priest mentions with the classification of saints, the mother God being at the top, being saved, the best for last in how he does this prayer, the people then respond, it is truly proper to glorify you, O Theotokos, the ever-blessed immaculate and the mother of our God, more honorable, more honorable than the cherubim, and beyond compare more glorious than the seraphim, who a virgin gave birth to God the Word, you truly the mother of God, we magnify. So there's this acclamation, this response by the people proclaiming the mother of God as the saving the best for last or reversing at the top of the list as far as saints. During the Sunday of all saints, we do pray certain verses such as this. Come, let us celebrate the memory of the saints in the joy of the Holy Spirit for the day of their feast has arrived, filling us with divine gifts with purified conscience, let us cry out with joy and let us sing in their honor. Rejoice, O choir of prophets, who announce the coming of Christ and who clearly see that which is far away. Rejoice, O apostles of the Lord, fishermen who gather the whole world in your nets. Rejoice, O company of martyrs, gathered from all the world in the same profession of faith. For this you suffered punishments and tortures before receiving the crown of victory. And the prayer goes on, but you get the idea. Once again, you notice how we keep naming the categories of saints, and usually in that specific order, sometimes by name, but always by category, so that we include everybody. And when I say everybody, I mean you and me, and especially those of our family members and friends who have passed on. The Eastern Church uses this term, saint, with a small s, to include all believers not presuming that they're in heaven, but just before that, just short of that, having a very well-founded, reasonable hope that if they were Christians, baptized into the life of the Holy Trinity, and they lived that way as far as we could see, however imperfectly, we have a reasonable hope that they are saints in heaven. But as always, out of our love for them, we continue to pray for them always. I wanna thank you for listening. Thank you for being saints here at Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit byzantinecatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab and on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit byzantinecatholic.com. 
Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. moment of overwhelming peace the other day where I felt God's presence very powerfully. That's something called spiritual consolation. In those moments, God makes it easy for us to have the right perspective on life. The next day was rough. I was hit with some really hard news that turned me upside down. You know what I did? I remembered that moment of peace from the day before, and I chose to dwell in that peace. God doesn't just give us moments of spiritual consolation so we can remember them and long for them. He gives us those moments so we can recall them into the present. In a marriage, that time you fell in love, that's not something for the past. There's sweet memories that we recall throughout marriage that feed the whole marriage. So it is with God. In the hard times, recall the way He's shown you His love in the blessed times. Don't just go to your happy place, go to your God space, and you'll find the right perspective again. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com on EWTN Radio. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh!